from high atop the Camelback Towers in Scottsdale, from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, this is Checking In with Check for a Lump. Arizona's prominent breast cancer nonprofit, providing free education, mammograms, wigs, and support. Now, let's check in with Check for a Lump. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Checking In with Check for Lump. I'm your host, Ashley Plum, and I am here with my co-host, Holly Rose. How are you, Holly? I'm good. Happy for another episode. That's exciting. This week, we've got um, some wonderful ladies from Agave Hospice here with us again, Lisa and Don, and we will touch base with them in just a moment. But before we get started, I want to thank our annual sponsors for helping make this podcast possible. Arizona Center for Reconstructive Breast Surgery, Cancer and Blood Specialists of Arizona, Cigna, Mint Dispensary, Pfizer, SnorQuest Laboratories, and True Leaf Harvest. We appreciate you. Now I want to welcome Lisa and Dawn to the show. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. And a little bit about each of them before we get started. Lisa Rayola is the Director of Community Relations and Patient Advocacy. She has worked in the healthcare industry for 20 plus years in areas of home health, pharmacy, DME, hospice, and palliative care. Her true passion is helping patients and families when they are needing support and options after being given a life-limiting diagnosis. Don Purdom has been a nurse for over 20 years, caring for patients and families in both community-based and acute care settings. Having 10 plus years in the healthcare leadership, Don is dedicated to mentoring new healthcare professionals in providing quality care to patients in their families through their end-of-life journey. Welcome, ladies. Thank we're you. excited to, we're going to talk today about um, changing the H word. Yes. You know, the perception of the H word, which is hospice. Um, and so let's start by talking about what is hospice care? Hospice care is a um, type of philosophy um, for care. Um, it's a lot of holistic care. Um, when we say changing the H word, a lot of people, when they hear that, they shut down. They mm -hmm. think it's the end of the road. Um, there's no hope for them, but it's really a type of care that um, is for people that don't want to seek aggressive treatment any longer. Yeah. And the hospice benefit is provided by um, Medicare or insurance companies, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, provides a whole team approach where um, you are assigned a, an RN case manager, a CNA, a certified nursing assistant, spiritual care, social worker, and a medical director. And it's a whole team that um, provides care for however long folks need us. That's incredible. Yeah, you have comprehensive care. I love all of the aspects that you include. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It also includes different levels of care. So 90% um, of the time, or it, maybe even more, it's routine care. So delivered wherever the patient considers home. That could be their private home, a group home, or an assisted living facility. Um, and then we also have a respite benefit, which really is um, wonderful for caregivers, family caregivers, um, where we can take the patient and um, have them be at a facility that we're contracted with for five nights to give some relief to that family member caring for the, the patient at home. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
if if they um, have a pain crisis or a symptom management issue, we can also use those similar facilities for management of symptoms. And at times we also have our team go in for continuous care during an episode of um, pain management or again, any kind of symptom um, that needs more eyes on the patient and the assistance in the home. So is that a standard of care or is that something that uh, specifically Agave offers? That is a standard of the hospice benefit, those different levels of care. Yeah. That's but it, beautiful. I didn't, mm -hmm. I was unaware of that. And I think in the Valley, sometimes it's misconstrued that, you know, hospice is someplace you go, but truly is hospice, hospice is someplace that, or a team, like Lisa was explaining, um, that comes to you. And again, we're really truly wherever um, they're living or their needs need to be met. Yeah, I would like to say a team of angels. <laughs> <laughs> what What are some things that hospice promotes? Um, I think quality of life. Mm -hmm. um, to qualify for hospice, there is, um, you know, a provider has to certify that there's a prognosis of six months or less. Um, but that is if, you know, you allow the disease process um, to go its, its natural journey. Um, and I think sometimes it's misconstrued that we take every intervention away and that is not true at all. Um, we definitely are symptom management experts, pain, nausea, sleep, anxiety. Um, so there's a lot of different interventions, including medicine, but also non-pharmacological, non oh, that's a big word, <laughs> non-pharmacological um, interventions as well. Um, yeah. So um, we really are promoting that holistic approach of the patient, whether or not the pain is physical or social or spiritual. Um, so we're really kind of looking at the patient and the family, really the unit all together. That's incredible. So why, why is hospice so scary for some people? I think everyone associates hospice with death, end of mm -hmm. life. Um, no one wants to talk about it, but um, it's really not my opinion. It's about quality of life. All of us have an expiration date. Um, we all want to be pain-free. We want to enjoy however much time we have. Um, but I think death isn't talked about in, in our world, um, but it can be a very beautiful thing as well. Mm -hmm. um, when I got into this industry 20 plus years ago, um, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, is this the right change for me? But um, the way it was explained to me by the RN who mentored me was it's a lot like childbirth, where you want the mother and the family to have a beautiful experience, the baby coming into this world. We want people to have the same experience when they leave this world. Yeah, that's, that's very beautiful. much beautiful, very beautiful and very much needed because mm -hmm. that can they can be, the families can be in a very... Uh, challenging situation, you know, emotionally. So making it less scary, making it less, you know, painful can help with that. And knowing you're not alone. You've yeah. got a whole team that's there to help you. Um, you know, from everybody that's been involved in your care before we step in, but you've got this whole team that this is what we do every day, mm -hmm. um, day in and day out. <clears throat> so what are some of the common fears that people have? I think a lot of it um, relates to um, the use of narcotics to manage pain. Mm -hmm. um, the last dose phenomena means that before somebody passes, there's always going to be a last dose of something, mm -hmm. but it doesn't m mean that that medication was what caused their demise. 
Um, and so we're, we're truly treating the symptoms of a disease process. Death in and of itself is not painful, um, but metastatic cancer can be. Mm-hmm. And so we're really just managing those symptoms. And it, it's the hospice philosophy is to start low and go slow. Um, so we definitely are not using um, narcotics in the same fashion that an orthopedic surgeon would use in an acute care setting after a surgery. Our dosing is much smaller, um, mm-hmm. and we're really looking for that um, sweet spot of the patient being comfortable yet still hopefully awake. Yeah. Um, our intention is not to sedate anybody or mm-hmm. to um, progress them to through their journey quicker than what what isn't you know their regular journey would be. Yeah. Now, do the patients have fear of you know the medication or anything like that, or maybe even like who they're leaving behind that hospice helps with? At times, at times, um, pain can be rooted in more than just the physical pain. It can be. You know, is my loved one going to be okay without my social security check? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to be okay? You know, maybe up to the point of their disease process, they were managing everything um, physically and um, financially, that type of thing. So is that person going to be okay without me? Um, some of our, our patients and families have been together for 60 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, not every hospice patient is elderly, but many of them are. Um, and so they've really kind of had that person supporting them. And um, sometimes it's, it's that they're worried about finances or that person being able to continue on their own. Thank what you. percentage of your patients were cancer patients? That varies, I think, from hospice to hospice. Um, we, we treat a, a numer- numerous amount of diagnoses, including cardiac, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, cancer definitely is is a diagnosis that we treat. Um, I statistically, I would probably say it's ten percent. Okay, um, roughly. Yeah. Unfortunately, that number is creeping up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we seem to get more referrals that um, they have that diagnosis, and yeah, as we we know that it's a growing disease process. Yeah. Yes, cancer is increasing. And it can be challenging because those patients are usually younger families. Um, So, you know, it it may not be that a lot of, uh, when we think of our own passing, a lot of people want to die at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you think about having a young family at home, including, you know, school-age children, teenagers, that might look different. Um, So we just try to accommodate um, them as much as we can in the journey. Yeah. And meeting what they they see that that process looks like for them yeah I think the other fear is for people that maybe aren't spiritual wondering Mm -hmm. where they're going um and our chaplains can help with that a lot to to get in touch with um either believing or knowing that they're going to a safe place yeah sometimes that comfort right there at the end and knowing what's going to happen or you know trusting in what will happen right um, I think, you know, speaking of younger children and whatnot, knowing that their family's going to be taken care of, and another part of the hospice benefit is bereavement, where we are following um, the family after their loved one's passed on for 12 to 13 months. But oh, if they need more good. bereavement after that, we can um, help them find someone in the community to help them. 
Let's oh, I love that, that service. Yeah. I, again, I was unaware that, that you provided that. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. That's that you continue to follow the families, mm-hmm. you know, a- afterwards and, and offering them that, su- that continued support. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's really an, an, mm-hmm. an important aspect that, you know, I had no idea it was part of hospice. Mm-hmm. So that's, well, I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us. Sure. And there's, you know, if we've got somebody that's we feel is going to need that prior to someone passing, we will get pre-bereavement involved to help, um, especially with younger children, to, to make mm-hmm. sure that they're okay because it's it's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's the a lot younger to... families that must be really hard. Even just going through breast cancer with young kids, it was hard for them. And mm-hmm. you know, thank goodness I'm still here 14 years later, but. It, it had it been a different course, I can imagine they would have needed much more support. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are going to take a short break. We always, each week, we have a musical guest that we rock out to, to kind of, sometimes we have to lighten the mood a little <laughs> bit. Sometimes we just keep it going. And this week's musical guest is the Black Moods. They are super supporters of breast cancer. And as all of them have been touched by breast cancer by one family member or another in their, uh, in their little circle. So let's rock out to the black moods. Woohoo! I've been watching you and everything you do. How you impress your friends I should be one of them I should be your friend I see you checking in So I'll be stepping out I wanna see your face I hope it's not too late I'm starting to shake Bad news
Today we are talking with Lisa and Don from Agave Hospice, and in the second half of today, we want to talk about um, you know referring to hospice and you know who pays for hospice and some like what does it mean to stop aggressive treatment. But let's go ahead and start with who who is referred to hospice. Um, anyone can refer someone to hospice. I have had. Walking through the grocery store, someone see my badge and say, oh, you know, my cousin, my loved one, whomever, um, really could probably benefit from that. Who can I call? Um, I can take the referral right there. They can call our office. Um, we take it from there. We call their, their doctor, whether it be their primary care physician, um, one of their specialty doctors, anybody can refer. We've had, you know, neighbors call saying, you know, my, my neighbor doesn't look like they're doing real well. Do you think you might be able to help them? Not all are going to qualify, but we certainly can help them if they do or follow them until they do need us. Um, a lot of people think that it has to come from their doctor, you know, whether it be their oncologist, their primary care doctor, cardiologist. Um, sometimes those doctors aren't thinking about quality of life, comfort, um, things like that. So, um, Sometimes it takes the patient to say, you know what, I'm, I just really want to stop this. Yeah. What can I do for comfort? So um, you can call any hospice. Um, you can call um, your your doctor and ask them for a referral. But um, bottom line, anybody can refer to hospice. Well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know you never know when you might need that resource, exactly. and you know you you don't necessarily know where to turn and. I think a lot of times people rely on their doctors for advice and maybe the doctor's not aware of that situation, that the mental part of where they're at in their journey and, and needing to move on to hospice or, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, and so you, you talked about stopping aggressive treatment. So what can you explain a bit, little bit more about that and what that means? So for folks that are still, um, let's just say, chemo and radiation, they, mm -hmm. they don't want to continue that any longer. They have the right to tell their doctor, their navigator, whomever, that, that they really are looking more for quality of life, for comfort. Um, they're not liking the way the treatment um, is turning out or um, making them feel. So um, I encourage people to have that conversation, even when... Now you're halfway through your treatment just to see what your options are because you are in control of your body you're in control of your healthcare journey mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you need to have that conversation with everybody involved in your care that um, you know maybe you want to take a different road yeah yeah 
And, and that's hard to know when you might want to take that different road. So just having that door open, knowing that that the hospice with the palliative care and is is an option or could be an option. Exactly. You know, if you're if you're just if it's just really taking a toll. Well, and I always say knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not asking those questions to find out what your options are, how do you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have the choice, even if you do come on to hospice and maybe there's a new treatment out there that you want to try, you have the right to sign off hospice. It doesn't mean once yeah. you sign on hospice that you're with hospice forever. Right. So you're never giving up hope. Yeah. Um, well, then a lot of people don't don't know that. So um, how many people, or do you, is this even quantifiable, that come on hospice go off voluntarily? Um, hmm. It always, I mean, it happens periodically. We have patients that will either, um, it's called revocation, like sign off themselves that I want to go back to aggressive treatment. Or we have patients that actually will get better with our services and kind of graduate off of our service. And they're always able to come back and be readmitted if they're, you know, the road is looking a little bit different down the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't happen often, but it can happen at any point with any, any patient and family. Yeah. Well, it's incredible that you have some people that graduate off of that, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the, the service. That's, that's great. Exactly. That's really great. Um, so you, you know, you talked a little bit earlier in the first half about, um, how dying can be peaceful or, you know, joyful and beauty. Can you expand upon that a little bit? I've had somebody actually refer to hospice as the epidural for dying. Oh, (laughs) Um, and truly again, um, our nurses are seeing our patients at least weekly, if not more. Um, and it really just is about, you know, what's going on? How are you feeling today? Mm-hmm. And if it's that, you know, maybe they don't have an appetite or maybe they're nauseated, vomiting. Maybe they have pain or they're not sleeping well. Again, we're kind of looking at those symptoms holistically and, of course, maybe starting medications. But with that, also talking about, you know, what is on your mind. And mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of times you're reviewing your whole life and there could just be some... Um, touch points along the way that maybe you need to go back and circle back to and resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, forgiving somebody yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. Um, or, you know, we definitely have cared for people of all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe they were in um, more of an abusive kind of relationship. And whether they were the abuser or the abused, um, circling back around and, and giving those apologies or asking for those apologies. Um, It's amazing to see people on their journey and how even at end of life, how caring um, family can be Mm -hmm. to somebody that really didn't um, have a strong impact or a positive impact in their life, um, but how they draw near to each other at that point. Um, And just so, again, it's our social workers and chaplains and even our nurses at times that are kind of resolving those those issues mm-hmm. um, so that they can not only be comfortable, but at peace. Yeah. So it's a whole approach, mm-hmm. a whole approach. That's all encompassing. Yep. That's, that's incredible. So I know a lot of people want to know how um, how is hospice paid for? Who pays for that? How does that work? Um, it's all paid for for our senior population by Medicare. Um, everyone else has a hospice benefit with their insurance. Okay. Typically not something that people look at when they're signing up for insurance, but <laughs> yeah. that benefit is always there. 
And, you know, we have a few folks that um, don't have coverage. So um, most hospices will take non-funded and do it as a charitable case. Um, we, as a company, feel that everybody needs to and should be allowed to die with dignity and hospice. So we will mm -hmm. take on those cases pro bono. Um, one thing we didn't talk about a, a few steps back is the other piece of the coverage. We cover all durable medical equipment, um, incontinence supplies, medication related to the diagnosis. So um, it's, it's a big, big benefit that, mm -hmm. that is there to, to help patients through their journey. journey that's me. huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is huge. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's part of who pays for things during that time. It's, it's all through hospice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's... we don't charge a copay. Um, some okay. providers do, but we, mm. we don't. Incredible. So. Incredible. Wow. Well, thank you so much for all of that sure. amazing information today. Is there anything else that maybe I missed to ask or that you would like to add in? One last thing? Um, I don't think so, but thank you for letting us come yes. in. Um, you guys mm -hmm. are doing a wonderful job at what you do, and you know, hopefully folks won't need us um, that you touch, but we are here if they do need us. Yeah, so how would they, if they do need to get in touch with you, um, what is the best way to get in touch with Agave Hospice? Or They can either call me directly, which I think I put my number on. Sure, um, yep. It's 602-855-855. Three five zero zero, and this that's the direct number for Lisa. Um, it looks like we have your website here is agavehealthcare.com. So they can go on on the website as well mm -hmm. and and get information from there. Right, and there's also a um, information form they can fill out that can send us an email as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, Great ladies. Great information, ladies. Thank you so much for what you do. I, I really do think you're angels. Well, well thank, thank you. you. Well, we want to thank our annual sponsors for helping us make this podcast possible. Arizona Center for Reconstructive Breast Surgery, Cancer and Blood Specialists of Arizona, Cigna, Mint Dispensary, Pfizer, Snorquest Laboratories, and True Leaf Harvest. Before we end today, we always have a check for lump challenge question. And today's challenge question is, what is a resource someone living with breast cancer could use? Would you like to answer that one? I know, I know. Besides Agave Hospice, I would recommend This Is Living With Cancer. It's an app put out by Pfizer Oncology that helps take care of the small details so patients can focus on the big picture. It helps you stay connected, get support, track health, stay organized, assign a proxy. There's so much great, uh, so many great tools on this app. So I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, you can also, you can find them at thisislivingwithcancer.com. You can also find them in our magazine on our website, checkforalump.org in our magazine, go to education, free magazine, Flip through page 2829, This is Living with Cancer. We also have that resources under our su Survivor Support and Local Resources tab on our website, checkforalump.org. Thank you, everybody. This has been another episode of Checking In with Check for Lump. Thanks for listening. <laughs>